Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. We're to come in on a Monday and not have a Patriots game to talk about, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to be talking about the Patriots. And to help me do that is one of the guys who knows the Patriots the best of anybody, Phil Perry, Patriots insider, NBC Sports Boston. Phil, how are you? Doing great, Brady. How are you, man? Good. Well, I appreciate you being with us. I'm still trying to get over what we saw on Thursday <laughs> with the Patriots and the Rams. Um, so let me start here. Pats are six and seven on the verge of missing the playoffs. What do you want to see from the team these final three games? Boy, I think if you can find out what you have in your youngest players and the guys that you would expect to be parts of your core moving forward, I think that makes it easier for you from a team team building perspective this offseason. But that's that's me, right? I love the team building part of it. I love the draft. I love going into free agency and trying to figure out where the team is headed. And I think that's important, right? Because um, as important as it is to win games in the here and now, and that's why we all watch these games, uh, I, I do think bigger picture, the most important thing for this team is just to figure out where it's going next, figure out in particular where it's going with the quarterback next. And so if you can figure out what you have in some of these young guys, Jared Stidham included, uh, I think that would benefit you big picture. But Brady, I don't think that's what they're going to do. <laughs> they're not mathematically eliminated from this thing yet. And so they're going to play to win. And all the power to them, that's what they should do, right? I, you know, again, if it's just my team and we're, you know, we're running a simulation on the computer or something, <laughs> like that's sort of what I would want to see is try to plan for the future. But they're going to play these games out and try to win them. You know, is that the is that the simple answer as to why Cam Newton is still the quarterback moving forward? We're not mathematically eliminated, so that's why we're sticking with Cam in your mind? I think so. And I think, you know, again, that gets back to we're not mathematically eliminated yet. So we want to try to win these games. Who gives us the best chance to win these games? And I think they really do believe that it is Cam Newton. And the argument there is, well, for us to win, we have to run the ball well. We have to keep the ball away from our opponents. And we just have to try to take care of the ball offensively. Those are really our three most important things right now. And I think they look at Cam Newton as the best option for all three of those, even though Cam Newton has been perfect taking care of the ball. We have seen him go relatively long stretches uh, doing just that. Obviously, he's the better option if they want to be a good running team. Uh, I think just having him out there, just his presence makes them a better running football team than Jared Stidham would. So that's how they look at it. Now, if you are the rest of the NFL or most of the rest of the NFL and you think, making explosive gains through the air is your best chance to win football games or one of your best chances to win football games. Really, if you talk to some of the numbers people, they think explosive plays yeah. offensively are just as important as turnovers. The differential in both those categories can really predict who's going to win and lose football games. So if you're if you're of that thinking, then you would say, well, let's get the guy who actually can throw the football down the field a little bit out there and see what he can do in Jared Stidham. So I think there are arguments on both sides. But for the Patriots and from their perspective – they know they have one way to win. It's take care of it on offense and try to win on defense and special teams, and they think Cam's the guy for that situation. We'll get to the future in a second, but I just want to ask you this. Do you think, put the numbers aside, the record aside, for this team in this weird season, in this situation, has Cam Newton been good for this team? I really – I think he has. I do. Uh, I think he's been good for them in that he's, he's made them competitive. You know, I know they – Listen, they have been frustrating. Uh, even if you were to ask them, they would say it's been frustrating how, how some of these games have ended late in games, Brady, yeah. where, man, you've seen wins slip away in Seattle. Uh, you know, Denver should have been a win. Yeah. How the game ended in Buffalo. 
that one at least probably would have been tied and you see what happens after that. But if it was Jared Stidham all year or Brian Hoyer all year, and that was who you were working with at that position, I don't think you're close to as competitive. And again, you can talk big picture and we can talk about the future and would it be great for them to have a top three pick? Sure. But I think there is something to be said for trying to maintain a culture and for Bill Belichick in particular to be running this team and for them to really tank one season after losing Brady, the first season after losing Tom Brady, I think it would raise a lot of questions, not only in the fan base's mind, but you know, maybe in the locker room's mind as well. So for them to be competitive this year, I do think was important to try to maintain some of what they've built up over the last two decades. And Cam Newton's allowed them to do that. I don't think they are able to do that without him. Phil Perry, Patriots Insider, NBC Sports Boston, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. So what is the best best path moving forward? Is it draft a quarterback and develop? Is it another stopgap guy and we kick the draft talk down to next year? Or is it make a splashy trade for a Matthew Stafford? Like, what's the best path moving forward? I would go with options A and B there, Brady. So I'm not sure I'd be dealing for Stafford or even Jimmy Garoppolo, who I'm probably lower on than most. But to me, he's just not on the field enough. And even when he is, uh, he doesn't take care of it well enough. Uh, And especially because he's not a real explosive down the field passer. He hasn't been, uh, you know, you're probably not going to be willing to deal with the turnovers that he gives you uh, while also kind of throwing short as often as he does. So that wouldn't be an option for me. I think they would love to have Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's just my opinion on that particular player. For me, I think you have to invest in a young player at that spot, and you just have to, Brady, start throwing darts at that position and see if you can hit, and you might as well do it early. And, uh, you know, I've really dug into it the last month, month and a half or so. And what's funny to me is these quarterbacks that are coming out of the draft lately, you know, you look at the last three or four years, First-round quarterbacks are having more success more often than they were even a decade ago. So you go back to the Cam Newton, Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, Christian Ponder era of first-round quarterbacks, and they were hitting at like a 35% rate. There was a four-year stretch, um, you know, about a decade ago, starting about a decade ago, where they were hitting, you know, in the 30s in terms of whether this player was going to be a usable player for you or not. And that is a real risk. I understand you not wanting to invest in that position if that's the hit rate. But lately, it's been closer to 70% when you look at it. And some guys aren't stars, right? Baker Mayfield's been better lately, but I wouldn't say he's a star, but he's a usable player. I mean, he's a starting NFL quarterback. And if your chances are 70% hitting in the first round, and this year it's supposed to be a really deep quarterback class of first-round talents available – that would be an investment I would be willing to make. So I would I would draft a guy as high as possible as long as I think he he has a chance. And then I would also add a new stopgap. So I wouldn't run it back with Cam, but I would try to sign somebody like, say, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let him make the AFC East mm-hmm. cycle here in New <laughs> England. He's been everywhere else. He's still, I think, a, a solid quarterback. He's obviously not the guy for the future. He would be a good mentor to whoever the new young guy is coming in. Um, so that to me would be one of the best combinations you could come up with. If you could somehow pry Sam Darnold away from the Jets, I'd be open to that too, but that seems unlikely. Cam was speaking today on local radio in Boston, and he was not willing to take any Josh McDaniels slander. What has been your impression of how McDaniels has handled this, whether it's from a play-calling standpoint, 
a relationship building standpoint with Cam. What's been your impression of McDaniels this year? Well, I think Josh McDaniels is like a lot of people in that building right now who love Cam Newton. I mean, coaching staff, players, you know, management, uh, janitorial staff, training staff, everybody loves Cam Newton because he's put the work in. I mean, that's really the one thing you, you can't say about Cam is that he hasn't tried. He's been there early. He's staying late. I mean, all those football cliches, they they are true from everybody I've talked to uh, when it comes to Cam Newton. So, so he loves the guy. I think he's just been really limited, Brady, in terms of yeah. what he's able to call and what he's comfortable calling. And it's partly due in part to the quarterback and, and what you have there. And clearly his arm isn't what it used to be. I think, you know, that shoulder is probably still giving him some problems or at least limiting his mobility just seems so mechanical. I'm sure, you know, Doug Flutie could speak to this yeah. much better than I could. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to just how it looks, it just doesn't look right to me. And, it, it, you know, Cam's always had a little bit of a wonky throwing motion, but this year um, it seems to be a consistent issue. And then obviously, you know, the weapons that they have, and I, and I have a hard time critiquing the weapons a lot, Brady, because I think there have been plenty of games where they've been open and the quarterback just hasn't been able to put the ball where it needs to be. Uh, Jacoby Brissett and Demir Bird in particular have, have been, you know, they've given you more than I think a lot of us thought they would give you coming into the season. But I think from Josh's perspective, it's still, it's a group that needs to be handled with care. And so you're seeing a lot of the same types of plays over and over again, that crack toss play is one. It feels like they run 10 times a week <laughs> um, down in the red zone. They have to be really conservative because you, the last thing you want to do is turn it over. So I, I think that's what you've seen. You've just seen really conservative um, play calling from the offensive coordinator because they only do a couple of things. Well, they're both in the running game. And so they just try to keep coming back to those in order to be efficient. You know, as we look towards the game this week, with the Dolphins. I don't have a great read on this yet. I don't need to because it's only Monday, but I look at the Dolphins defense and I say, if they can do that to Mahomes, then they're capable of shutting out the Patriots. But Belichick never loses to rookie quarterbacks. So I could see the Patriots. I could see a 6-3 game in this one. I just don't know which way yet. I like that line of thinking, Brady. I, I'm <laughs> with you. I mean, I, I would not be, I, I don't even know what the over-under number is right now. <laughs> I would probably be taking the under. I feel comfortable saying that already. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of this, you know, <laughs> immovable force, you know, um, on both sides here where yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not gonna be there's not gonna be anything, I don't think, going when when either team has the football in their hands. Now, uh, the Dolphins defense is interesting to me because they're very, I would say in some ways, um, modern day NFL defense. They're built to stop the pass. You know, they yeah. have some some good run game players. Landon Roberts is over there. He's a run game linebacker. But what they do in terms of their blitz and their man coverage on the outside and all that they've invested in that secondary, this is a team that is designed to really stop the, mm. the Chiefs offenses of the world and the Steelers offenses of the world. I don't know against the Patriots. Now, obviously in week one, the Patriots had some success and they ran the football a ton and Kim Newton was a huge part of that. They may try to run that back because, again, if you're if you're built to be a, a great third down passing game defense, does that mean you're built to stop the 1950s <laughs> offense that the Patriots are rolling out there right now? And I think that maybe when they go into this game, maybe one advantage that they try to exploit Josh McDaniels and his team. You know, uh, Flutie and I were talking the other day. We we decided the Patriots are kind of like watching the Army Navy game. They feel like an Army Navy offense where the quarterback is you know seven for eleven and. Uh, 14 for 18. It just, it feels a little service Academy-esque at times. No doubt about it. And so, <laughs> you know, we all got to watch that game uh, on Saturday and probably looked a little bit familiar. And, you know, 
in some ways, I'm sure Brady, like Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels went into the season saying, well, how many teams are really prepared to fit? You know, all these teams want to run nickel and dime 90% of the time. How many are prepared to face a 250 pound quarterback with a fullback in the backfield and a running back who likes to run over people? And whether it's Sony Michelle or Damian Harris, they're kind of, you know, similar styles of runner in terms of how physical they want to be. So I understand that thinking going into the season, you have a great offensive line, but it's still a passing league and it's still about creating chunk plays and getting into the end zone as many times as you can. They're just not built to do that. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, Patriots Insider. You can check him out. He and Tom Curran do a Patriots Talk podcast, which is excellent. NBC Sports Boston all throughout the week and some really great pre- and post-game coverage on game day itself. So, Phil, man, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Brady, thanks so much for having me. Talk soon.